From Feature Story News in Washington, I'm Simon Marks. COVID-19 vaccinations are underway across the U.S. after the Food and Drug Administration approved the use of the Pfizer-BioNTech vaccine. The first person to receive a jab, Sandra Lindsay, a critical care nurse in Long Island. She has a good touch and it didn't feel any different from taking any other vaccine. But amid the optimism, tragedy. The death toll from COVID-19 in the United States today topped 300,000. In Britain, the government says a new variant of COVID-19 has been identified, which may spread more quickly than other strains of the virus. It comes as London is placed into the highest level of restrictions because of spiking cases. From FSN's bureau in the British capital, Ollie Barrett reports. What Matt Hancock is saying is that this new variant which has been identified is potentially faster spreading than that may be why cases have been spreading quickly in parts of the south of England. He was very careful in the House of Commons to say that it is not currently believed that this new variant leads to more serious disease and also no reason as it stands to believe that this new variant wouldn't respond to the vaccine that's already been approved for use here in the UK. There's fresh evidence today that Russian opposition leader Alexei Navalny was targeted for months by a squad of would-be Russian assassins. The investigative website Bellingcat says phone records and travel logs show a squad of Russian agents made 37 trips to destinations where Navalny travelled between 2017 and 2020. The Kremlin has denied all involvement in Navalny's poisoning with Novichok, from which he is still recovering. From bureaus worldwide, this is FSN. Obamacare. The very sound of it makes many of us cringe because we know our choices have been limited and the premiums just keep going up every year. We send our money to big insurance companies who cover elective abortions and profit from us while we struggle to make the monthly payments. Aren't you ready to break free from the shackles of high-cost health care? Please meet my friends at the Alliance for Shared Health. ASH for short. ASH is a health share ministry with over 40,000 households participating. They integrate best-in-class healthcare access solutions with the health share world to solve the health care crisis. As a member, you share in the financial burden related to catastrophic health care expenses while also having your own needs met. It's so easy. You can access the virtual care provider at, at zero cost, pick up a prescription from the pharmacy using the share prescription card, and order expensive lab or imaging tests at discounts of 60 to 80%, conveniently accessed on your phone via the Share mobile app. Not only is ASH helping U.S. residents break free from government-controlled health care, ASH is an international health share ministry. $1 per household per month connects members to its East African health share predecessor, where thousands and thousands of lives are being saved through the ASH-funded pediatric hospital in the remote villages. With open enrollment here, now is your chance to save 50 to 70 percent on your monthly premiums while making a difference in the lives of so many in need. Reach out to ASH today. Visit ashcommunity.org. That's ashcommunity.org. Alliance for Shared Health. Changing healthcare, changing lives. Go to stacyontheright.com, click the link, and it'll tell you how to sign up. This is a test of the emergency podcast system. Activated by contract termination. Rumors of our demise are greatly exaggerated. Welcome to Stacy on the Right with your host, Stacy Washington. She's blessed to be a Bible reading, gun toting, Air Force veteran, wife, and mom, righteously American. Welcome. Thank you so much for being with us here on the Stacey on the Right Show podcast. 
Find out more at listen.stacyontheright.com. And tonight on the program, we have Horace Cooper of Project 21. He joins us here in just a moment to talk about uh, the recovery and everything else. So I don't know if you've been aware, but we are now nightly on SiriusXM, The Patriot. And it's just been such a pleasure to be there. I'm so excited about the opportunity to do nightly radio there. And uh, for people who are wondering if I'm tired, no, I, I am, you know, getting used to ramping up to this new reality, which is so amazing. I want to encourage you to go to familyvisionmedia.org, familyvisionmedia.org to find all of the great content we're putting out over there. That's kind of my day job where the serious show is my night job. I think you're going to love what we're putting out there. So uh, I need you to hear from our next guest who is just one of the best people ever, Horace Cooper of National Center for Public Policy Research and Project21.org. It's my pleasure to welcome Horace Cooper, who is a senior fellow with the National Center for Public Policy Research, co-chairman of the Project 21 National Advisory Board, and a legal commentator. He averages over 400 talk radio appearances per year, representing National Center and Project 21, in addition to regular television appearances on places you've heard of, like, uh, I don't know, Tucker Carlson on Fox News. He taught constitutional law at George Mason University in Virginia and was senior counsel to U.S. House Majority Leader Dick Armey. Horace, thank you for joining us tonight. Hey, it's always a pleasure to come on. So listen, um, I, I have a lot of things that I want to talk to you about. But I'm mainly concerned with what's going on with the uh, the election and the different things that are happening um, with the court cases. Can you talk about that? So I've been following this with a great degree of uh, interest, um, both uh, from an academic perspective, but also from my perspective as a citizen. Um, I have uh, been saying um, in many other contexts, um, one of my biggest Greece about this whole election fiasco is uh, what I'm calling it the uh, election race con. Um, I'm supposed to believe, and so are the rest of America, to believe that after creating some of the most unbelievable record growth in minority communities. More black Americans ended up getting a new pickup truck. More black Americans actually got to start uh, sending their kids to college, even sending their kids to private schools. More black Americans in the four preceding years over the prior eight years got into a new home. Record numbers of black Americans no longer needing food stamps and public assistance. I'm supposed to believe that with surveys showing 25 and 35 percent of black Americans saying they really appreciate this, they believe that these policies have been good for them, that somehow in a few unique jurisdictions, not five, not 10, not 15, but fewer than 1% of blacks in, say, uh, Detroit, Michigan, mm-hmm. and pre- precincts in Philadelphia, and parts of Atlanta. I'm supposed to believe that some 99.5% of black Americans, the highest 
percentage that we'd ever seen in any election said we need to throw away all of this great opportunity, all of this wealth creation. Billions of new dollars are being held by black Americans, some of them for the first time ever. I'm supposed to believe that it was black Americans in just four cities who decided to take that away. It's a con. This was, and it ultimately is going to come out, if not now, at some point, the Bernie bros manipulated the process, and the shameful thing was blamed black inner city residents for the work that they did. I simply, I simply reject the idea that black Americans who are people of higher percentage of faith than the population as a whole, black Americans who found themselves growing in their employment at a higher level than any other racial group, I refuse to believe that that group said, no, no, we don't want that. What we like is how the Democrats take us for granted, they do little for us, and they only come talk to us right before Election Day. There's a million-plus Americans who happen to be black who showed up and voted for Trump in 2020 that didn't do that in 2016, and I'm now supposed to believe that, no, 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 that's okay, because two and a half million more decided that they hadn't voted before and now are going to reject prosperity, reject opportunity. So it's a con, and the real concern that I have is, with all of the evidence, all of the demonstrated record of irregularities, that the, the courts have almost universally decided that they don't have time for this. And then the media has acted as if that's the normal case, when just as recently as April, we actually did have a ruling by a court where they ordered new um, elections. And we had a House of Representatives race in North Carolina where in 2019, a, uh, excuse me, a court, a federal court, ordered new elections over the very kinds of claims of irregularities. It's remarkable how little attention is given to those matters and how much attention is given to you should be a big boy and you should just accept this when the whole premise of self-government is at stake in the outcome of the challenges to these elections. So I actually have, I got to tell you, it's nice to hear you say that because you have such an enormous amount of you know, political capital. You have a reputation for being astute and, and having your ear to the ground and also your legal expertise. It's, it's out there. It's, it's a known quantity. And you mentioned something just now that I think is worth us discussing one more time. I know you and I have discussed this maybe, maybe about a year ago perhaps, but this is important. This is uh, actually an article that you have over at National Center Trump free market policies are credited for stunning economic recovery. Now, what I keep hearing is we have a K-shaped recovery, which uh, is annoying because here we go again. Some people aren't recovering. Some people are. And these are all manipulated 
uh, results. You have certain areas of the country where people are forced to sit at home instead of working in their businesses because some little petty dictator has said, you can't open your restaurant or you can't be open on these days or you can't have full occupancy. You can only have quarter occupancy. So the any any depression of the economy that we're seeing is not actually a result of COVID. It's a result of people artificially suppressing the economy. You talk about the latest federal employment report Go, just go. I, I, I just want you to hit whatever points are needed. So, so you're exactly on the money when you talk about the distinction between a a recession or depression caused by exogenous forces um, in the economy itself versus what we are experiencing, which is government is directly the cause of uh, the destruction, the depression, and the economic loss. One of the things that we saw, and I was thrilled for people who have eyes open and ears that are willing to see, we reached nearly 16% unemployment in America, and we're down below 7% in the same year. Nothing like that has ever happened, and that is a testimonial to what happens when you lift your boot off the neck of those people who are willing and interested and desiring to work. One of the reasons that black Americans have done so well under the uh, Trump uh, four-year administration has been a decision uh, by so many during the Obama years and even some during the Bush years, there had been policies that said the only people that are going to succeed are going to look like this. They go to some of the best colleges and universities, they get specialty degrees, and they go off and they work for the corporate world, and those people are going to prosper. And sure enough, every recession that we ever had, those people did well. Here's what happened with Donald Trump's policies. His said, if you have a talent, if you have a skill, we're going to make it so that whoever you are and wherever you are, you are going to be able to tap in and exploit those skills. If you want to mow lawns, if you want to operate a bakery, if you want to uh, offer business services where you help people with their payroll, it doesn't matter. In fact, Regulation after regulation, starting in January of 2017, the Trump administration pulled those away, and what it did is it said, working in the corporate world is no longer an advantage. Big corporate America could afford to handle all the paperwork requirements, all of the regulatory requirements, but little people couldn't. When Donald Trump set a record Three and a half regulations removed for every new regulation. No president, not even Ronald Reagan, had ever done anything like it. People would have been grateful for a one-to-one. What it did is it said to people, well, no, I didn't go to Harvard. No, I didn't go to Yale. But I'm smart, and I've got skills. Why am I having to have a special license? Why am I having to pay a special filing? Now, under the Trump administration, I don't have to. And the gig economy exploded, and black Americans led the charge. And that means... 
if my governor today will let me show up to work, I can still do those things. It's those jurisdictions where that isn't happening is the only reason that we're not fully back to where we once were. It is my hope that as we get this vaccine rollout that, and the hypocrisy of our elected officials is shown that they yield and they relent. I've said, not on your program, but on any, in, in a number of other contexts, one of my biggest grievances about coronavirus regulation has been the failure of the governors in all 50 states to call in their, their legislatures into special session. CNN and MSNBC and the New York Times tells me that there are certain rules and regulations and ideas that are unassailable. Everyone should agree. This is what the elites tell us. If that's true, you should be able to call your legislature in and you should say, this isn't going to take long. These are the 15 things that I want to do that are going to kill government, excuse me, kill employment, kill opportunity, and we're doing this in the name of the coronavirus. Everyone knows we should do these things, then our elected officials would vote for that. It's the very fact that they have refused to do it that demonstrates that if they were to call them in, they would not get that acquiescence. They would not get that support. And instead of calling those people in that we can hold accountable, instead of doing that, they're going out to the French Laundry and having multi-hundred-dollar meals per person and yelling and partying and having to have the staff say, can you keep it quiet while telling us you can't go to church because you're going to sing. And singing is loud, and the loud sound will spread coronavirus. I'm supposed to believe I'm supposed to believe coronavirus doesn't like it when rich plutocrats gather together and sing and have a fun time and a raucous. Coronavirus says, no, 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 can't show up for that. I'm just going to go over to the local church, and that's where I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do. That nonsense, that nonsense is the only reason why we still have an economic differential that that lets us say that we're not yet recovered fully economically. States like Texas, states like Alabama, even places like Louisiana, places like South Dakota, they are recovering remarkably well below the unemployment rate because they're letting people make decisions and they're recognizing that government shouldn't be in the business of of stamping on people and preventing them from supporting themselves. That means black Americans, white Americans, and brown Americans in those communities, they're doing amazingly well. And that's why the policies that Donald Trump has been advocating, open up the economy, let our kids go back to school, those kinds of things are the very policies that I know for a fact black America wants Black America needs, Black America benefits from, and the, the idea that they all rose up universally to stop that is not true. The evidence will ultimately show that that is not true. 
So I'm I'm very excited about the fact that you have a grip on this and you're talking about it on television and that you're bringing the truth to the streets of America, literally one television and radio interview at a time. And I think the points you're making about the deregulation unleashing the economy and the fact that if you leave people alone, the economy can't help but go up under deregulation and tax cuts. It's an, it's an important point to be made. And it's part of the reason why I love it whenever I hear, oh, my goodness, I get to chat with Horace Cooper of Project <laughs> 21. You, you, you and I are co-chairs there along with Council Ned. And we are so blessed to be able to be a part of an organization that helps us to get the truth out. Um, I, I, I hope to talk to you again soon, especially now that we're on nights. We're going to be calling on you, Horace, for more legal expertise. I hope you'll join us. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks. So it was a pleasure to have Horace with us, and we will be back with more Stacy on the Right in the podcast realm, more great interviews, more great content very soon. Find out everything you need to know at familyvisionmedia.org and stacyontheright.com.